Hello, my name is Jack, and you're listening to Dev90X. Today is Friday, the 1st of October. It's day 56, and there is about one month left in the challenge. It is a pretty anxiety-inducing amount of time to be going from where I'm, where I'm at right now to launching something. But we're going to do our best, and I'm probably going to launch something. So stay tuned. <laughs> Today, the title of today's episode is Meeting with an Early Stage Product Specialist. I've got a guy here that I met when I was working in my previous venture, my previous startup, which was called Resourceful. His name's Jonas, and he's a really great early stage product guy. Today, Harry and I got together and we had a meeting with, <clears throat> with Jonas, who gave us a lot of feedback on our idea. It was really interesting to have this meeting because when you meet with someone after you've already invested in building something, in a way, there is that awkward energy of, I, I've already invested in this. I'm already doing this. I'm committed to this. So don't tell, you know, you know if, you, if you can see that in somebody else, you're like, don't tell the guy that his idea sucks because it'll just break his heart. Just keep, you know, encourage him to continue on his path and don't break the news to him that he's married to, you know, something he's married, like his partner's cheating on him or something like that. Like wait for him to figure it out himself. Um, there is always, always that energy, but I think I am getting a lot better at managing that because you can just be very upfront with people and say, Hey, I need honest, critical feedback. Like, what do you think of this idea? And if you say that, like, you know, like we're, you know, we're looking to really validate this you know, is this something that you'd buy? Is this something you'd be interested in? Who, who do you think would buy this? Do you think people would buy this? Um, yeah, it's really, really important to ask these kinds of questions before you commit a large amount of resources to building the full featured product, even if it's just MVP. MVPs are not actually that cheap to build. <laughs> even, even they need or should have a fairly significant amount of validation driving the investment forward and i feel like we got a lot of validation today from speaking to jonas jonas gave a lot of really good critical feedback on the idea behind the tracking and the ai and in a way it, there is this big question of like is that actually what people want is that the core product or is that a kind of side thing like a a dingle dangle on the side a little trinket that you, you sort of you, you throw there you know it's like the um the shiny shoes in the display cabinet that everyone looks at but no one will buy <laughs> it's great to get people in the store though and then they realize this great ecosystem of all these different shoes that are all functional and fit for use and you know affordably priced but the thing that got you in the door was that shiny pair of shoes that just looked ridiculous. <laughs> that was, that's, that's the, the kind of analogy that Jonas was explaining to us when talking about the AI, the tracking, the tech, 
And in a way, it, it could be right. But then after we dug into the idea a little bit further and talked about the long-term viability of tracking, the, the concept of sharing snippets with your stats, your handstand stats on them to other platforms such as Instagram and TikTok, then the tracking starts to make a lot more sense in driving the overall the overall product experience all the different features would be based on the on the tracking feature in which case it is a core feature and so it should be built pretty soon pretty early and validated pretty early so in a way we are on the right path which is good it's just a good uh, bit of validation that we are on the right path it was funny today i was i was out with harry at my new favorite place rise cafe I go, I've been going out because I don't really have a good space for co-working at my home where I'm living here in Bali. And so it's much easier to co-work with someone at a restaurant or a co-working place. But we choose restaurants because they serve food and you don't have to pay for it. <laughs> you don't have to pay for the space. You just pay for the food. So going to restaurants, the funny thing is everyone does the same thing. Like almost everyone at the moment. Co-working spaces are pretty much empty because all the restaurants have to be full for the value proposition of having a co-working membership to go high enough for you to just pay to sit in a chair somewhere and get, get access to Wi-Fi without access to food at the same time. Uh, so co-working is not dead, dead, but it's definitely uh, not as popular as going to restaurants. And then with that, you just bump into so many people. And, and today it was ridiculous. Like this place that Harry and I were at is so popular that the num I actually lost count of the number of people that came up to say hello to us. And it's, it's actually multiplied because it's both me and Harry. And so there were people who recognized me came, came to say hi to me. And then people who recognized Harry came to say hi to Harry. It was like over seven people today, which is re really ridiculous. One guy even you know, came and like sat down and we had a bit of a chat, which was nice. But yeah, when you're trying to get work done, it's, <laughs> oh God, it's one of those quirks of getting work done in Bali. It's no, no one will tell you that this is one of the challenges that people just constantly come up and, and, and want to talk to you. But it is, it is one of the greatest challenges to being productive in Bali. And if you can work from home and never go out, and just eat in, get order food from Gojek, and they'll come and deliver it for you. That is probably the most way, the easiest way to be productive. It's just not as not as fun though. I like to separate my work day from my morning routine. And it, it when you work on your desk in your room, it kind of blows the line when you want to start working. You know, you're not as rigorous with your, you know dressing yourself up for the day, dressing yourself up for work, creating that distinct break between your room environment, atmosphere of relaxation and sleep uh, and morning routine and your work environment, atmosphere of productivity, getting things done, problem solving, creative thinking, all these things. And you, you sort of want to have that split in your, in your sleeping space. And that's another reason why I really do like getting up and then going somewhere when I start work because I have to get dressed. I have to, you know, like 
make myself look presentable. You know, it can makes me think about my laundry situation more often. And it's just like, it kind of just keeps me more accountable to, <laughs> to, to, to being, to showing up for work properly. Um, but then you, you just get distracted all the time with all these people coming up to say hi. <laughs> uh, so progress update. I'm now finally a proud member of the Apple developer program. Finally, it took a week to get my program membership approved. I did not think it would take that long, but I finally got it. And now I am, I am in on the Apple, Apple App Store Connect and I can log in, I can create an app application to submit my app to the app store and i can reserve a name i think it's going to reserve a name it doesn't even have a name search it's a bit strange but maybe i haven't found it yet uh so there's that and today talking with harry we had a kind of uh i, I don't know if the right word here is like idea masturbation session <laughs> i guess is like the best the best way to put it is that when you know you just get so many cool ideas popping up that you that would just seem so cool and so fun, but ultimately you would never ever have the resources to implement all the ideas, and you shouldn't either. You should just pick you know the core ideas for the app that your users actually really really want, and pretty much discard the rest. But it is really fun to come up with different ideas. Uh, one one of the things that Jonas helped us to realize is that a few of our core MVP ideas are it's possible to validate them manually before even building the app. So Harry started building a community on Facebook for handstanders, and in that community we now have eighty two people as of today, which is pretty pretty good. It's been uh, one week now building this community. And we're going to start trying to validate some of our app concepts using the community as the vehicle of validation. Hopefully, we can grow the community to having thousands of members, and then we can do a launch campaign, and then all our community members will just be waiting for the app, and then we'll launch it, and then everyone will download it, and we'll have revenue straight away on day one, and all of these things will be, yeah, lovely, lovely, lovely things. But uh, at the very least, it's, it's, it's a good idea to use the community to validate the ideas of the services and products and features that you plan to build for them to make sure that they actually want them. So we're going to do a longest handstand leaderboard manually, not in the app. We're going to do it on the web. We're going to manually take submissions. We're going to manually count how long the handstands are, all of this. We're not going to use the AI for this. We're not going to use the app for this. And so that, that was decided today that we're going to start doing that and see if people actually care about competition, about a little bit of healthy, challenging competition. And that will, that will validate one of our core assumptions around the app, uh, which is super important, actually. Super, super important. We can also validate other various different challenge modes manually <clears throat> via the community. For example, one challenge idea <clears throat> is to hold 10 minutes in just four handstand attempts. So you get four attempts, you got to hold a total of 10 minutes, and if you can do that, then you, <clears throat> you, win, you win the challenge. 
So <laughs> we, can, we can validate a lot of these ideas manually, which is great. We also have an idea for a handstand heat map, which is a map grid of the world, just like uh, not street view, um, not satellite view, the street, that's like street view, I guess, of the, of the world using Apple's MapKit API, and then doing a grid over, over the top of the map, and then <laughs> changing the color of those grid squares where handstands have happened, and they've been recorded in, in, in that grid square. And uh, if you want, you can, you can light up your grid square where you live or where you frequent and you can start to color the grid and you can get a grid score and all of these different ideas around the handstand heat map. On a practical point of view though, on a, on a practical note, <clears throat> the, the, the heat map is there to show people where people practice handstands. And so you can have an idea of like, where's the community at? Like where you'll be able to see, you know, gyms are lighting up on the heat map and then so if you want to connect with other people, then you can go to that, you know, that gym. Uh, so that there is like a practical reason behind <laughs> this concept. So there's that. And then there's also like King of the Grid game where you can plant your own flag in, in the grid. If you are, if you've done the most handstands on that grid square, all different ideas of gamifying the whole map experience. Um, and then there's handstands near me. So you can get notifications where the app would send, uh, if, if, if somebody's doing a practice session around you or within proximity of your location, then the app w could potentially send you a notification saying that someone, or like some user is doing handstands near you uh, and then you can connect to them on the app that way and potentially join up with them and do a, a handstand jam, which could be, could be fun. A lot of different new ideas. As you can see, it's kind of like idea masturbation where you just you just generate tons and tons of ideas and then some of them are really cool, some of them not that cool. And then hopefully, maybe, some of them will actually be good ideas that people will pay for and that you'll end up building. Jack's hack for today is to talk about your idea for your app to everyone who is willing to listen. I think this is maybe one of the biggest mistakes that app entrepreneurs make is they think an idea is cool for themselves and they start building something as a hobby project, especially if you're an indie developer. And I mean, I guess most people would start out this way as indie developers. So you start building your app concept and you're already committed to it. And then when, uh, <laughs> when people ask you what you're working on, what, what, what what projects are you doing? You just say, you you start to say I'm building an app. And if if you if you <laughs> if you if you stop there, then you've made a bit of a mistake because I, while it is true that not everyone would be a potential target user of your app, you should still talk to people about it because if you're open and willing to receive feedback, maybe that person giving you the feedback is not a target user of your app and therefore you have to take everything they say with a grain of salt. If you don't talk to anyone, if you get into the habit of not talking about it to people, then 
you miss the people who are actually going to give you good feedback. And you do miss out on just talking through concepts and problem solving on your own through discussion. There's a lot of value for yourself, not even if, not even if the other person gives you any value back, but just for yourself while, while you are talking about your idea, you get a lot of good problem solving. You get a lot of good ideas uh, generated through that. And uh, so that's Jack's hack for today. And I, this is a good one because it really works. It really does work. That, that you should talk about your idea to everyone who is willing to listen. And just err on the side of people being sick of it. <laughs> because this is your life that you're investing into your idea, into your concepts. And it's not a small thing to, to go about and commit big on an idea that's going to go nowhere. That's a pretty big mistake to make. Um, unless it's viable on another for another reason, such as you know it's, it's it's a portfolio piece and you're just using it as a leverage point to get a job, in which case then you know it's it's still okay to go ahead and commit yourself to building out something that nobody wants, even though um, you think it's cool. <laughs> uh, it's much better to build something at the same time that other people want because then you're hedging your risk. Uh, while on one hand it's a great po portfolio piece that can show potential employers how good you are at building apps, how good you are at problem solving, how good you are at UX design, UI design, all of those things that go into building an app. Now on the other hand, what if, what if your app takes off and then it turns into an income stream for you? Well, that's hedging your risk against not getting a job. And so it's still definitely better to build a successful app over a not successful portfolio piece. That's just my, my thought process on that. So thanks for listening, everyone. That's it for today, day 56, Friday. Tomorrow, my, my friend Harry, my partner, Harry is taking a digital detox day. And so I actually agreed to him, but then he said, the rules are no laptop, no phone, no internet. And I was like, whoa, 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 I still got to do the podcast. <laughs> so he suggested I pre-record for tomorrow, but I don't want to. So I'm not doing the digital detox tomorrow, but there's a less, less work in the pipeline for the weekend planned ahead. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.